This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni. He rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose with space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford of redandbluami.co.uk. And I'm joined by Albert Kearney and Sam Heskiff. And we're here to seek out a fourth league win in a row against Leicester City. Palace have reached the FA Cup quarter-final and it seems that we cannot steer clear of Watford. We'll discuss the draw, VAR, Brighton, Millwall and 2-0 Shippelies. Rapper, comedian and TV star Doc Brown then joins to talk Manchester City away, his new kids book Bear Moves and the potential of a glad all over again follow-up. We want more than the Zenith Data Systems Cup. We're back on Sunday with the Back of the Nest Review Pods, looking back at our away trip to Leicester. The illustrious Chris Hambin will be back in the host chair alongside DR, Patrick and myself, Mike, and we'll be dissecting what will hopefully be yet another win over the Foxes. That's right, we can now officially class ourselves as their bogey team. Hopefully, I haven't just jinxed that. We'll be in your inboxes late Sunday. forward for Crystal Palace and the effort in the back of the net. Jeff Schlupp has calmed the Palace nerves with his fifth of the season, his second FA Cup goal and the Premier League team are in front. Milivojevic, Townsend header and there's the second goal. It's Max Meyer, the German with his second Palace strike and the Premier League team in charge in South Yorkshire. Commentary there from our victory over Doncaster, taking us into the quarterfinals. We'll get into that shortly. Um, illustrious Chris Hambling there, Albert. Um, is, is Mike Chris's biggest fan? 
by the sound, I couldn't tell if it was sarcastic or not, but you know, <laughs> take him take him at face value. It sounds like he is. That's of course Albert Curley, and we also have Sam Heskiff with us. Hello. Hello, and uh, we'll start as always with this. Damn, I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? I'm going to leave you three to it, man. But due to various comings and goings this week, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 19th of February, so you won't hear it until the Thursday. And I'm not drinking on Tuesdays anymore, so I'm, I'm on PG tips. Heskiff, <laughs> what are you on? Uh, well, I'm not. I'm not much better, to be honest. I'm just drinking water. <laughs> and Albert, who's had had the the shits, I think you described it as. What are you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm the one who's had a had a dodgy tummy all day, and I'm the only one drinking a in beer on the Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, it was probably go- not advisable. I feel like a deflated balloon. I was thinking about you at Doncaster, Albert. Um, it was Budweiser on tap in Doncaster. Oh, there you go. Shame I was at work. <laughs> uh so uh, let's start with let's start with two nil shippolis <laughs> so um at the game on the weekend uh nil shippoli and his brother his little brother as he describes him came up to doncaster away and um they got quite the reception when they when they rolled into the away end uh with every <laughs> with half the background area chanting there's only two nil shippolis now have, have either of you seen nil shippoli's brother before I haven't, no. So he's what you think Neil Shipley would look like in real life. <laughs> Neil, Neil Shipley is only actually about six foot, maybe six foot one. His brother is like six foot five. And you would think that, what, and a lot of people do, when they see his brother immediately think that's Neil Shipley. And people were going over to him. His name's Jim, by the way. And they'd get photos with him and he'd pose for the picture and like get the picture and they're like, oh, it's such a legend, Neil, you're a legend. And he'd be like, well, he goes, thanks, but um, my brother Neil's over there. <laughs> and Albert, the best way probably to describe Jim Shipley is that he looks like he'd be really good at darts. Hmm, I'm not sure how to take that, especially if I was Jim Shipley. <laughs> well, they they were absolutely loving all the attention they got. Um, yeah, Jim, two Neil Shipley's... Um, Oh, Shippley's brother was another one that was uh, ringing around. So, um, yeah, so I think it's about time, Albert, that we got Shippley on the show soon, isn't it? Most definitely. I, I want to go around his house for dinner. <laughs> um, kippers at Shippers. Uh, do you like Kippers? No. Never mind, mm, we'll leave that. They uh, repeat on me a bit too much. Do you remember last week I was um, having great difficulties saying uh, TIFO? <laughs> And I was getting TIFO, tofu, all of that. But um, the Doncaster display, as it was, uh, was supposed to say RTID, standing for Rovers Till I Die. But Heskiff, it looks a bit more like ATID. I mean, I don't want to make a comment about the North and their ability or inability to spell. But the the only other thing that I can think of related, or similar to that, is the first time uh, I took my wife to an away game. It was Blackburn away. And we parked up on this, you know, like weird looking like estate. And it had a building with like not through windows and a massive wooden sort of plank, which had a really shit boxing glove on it. <laughs> uh, and uh, it said ready to fight. The only problem was they'd spelt ready, R-E-D-Y. <laughs> so, yeah. Try, trying to save space, maybe. Yeah, Maybe. What you but I think you, I reckon you know that you're the art director. 
So maybe, uh, you know, you you could give them a few pointers, Albert. Some people just haven't got the, an eye, you know, to, to interpret that. No, you just a bit of street slang, ready, ready. You know, was it two? They could have done a two, ready to fight. Yeah, but that's it's. I was trying to think if it was deliberate there, um, and that their rivals wear red, but they don't, do they? So no, I think they're just shit at spelling. <laughs> what do you think that A and A T I D could stand for, Albert? Albert, yeah, probably. <laughs> Albert till I die. I see what you've done there. Till we die, aren't we? I see what you've done there, Terence. I like it very much. <laughs> well, of course, the victory against Doncaster has given us an FA Cup quarterfinal against Watford. Um, still, never, still, never been drawn at home in an FA Cup quarterfinal in our entire history. Interesting little. Did we not get drawn at home against Wolves? Yeah, didn't that get debunked on Twitter? I can't think who it was. Did it? Because we put, yeah. we beat them in a replay away, didn't we? I thought. Ah, right. Okay. So, Chris, 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 Chris no, nah, nah, looks like a right idiot. No, nah, he doesn't. Chris, Chris Walters <laughs> just goes on the shit list. So, um, I'll be messaging him after. It's my own fault for just straight up trusting him. But of course, yeah, it was a replay, wasn't it? There you go. Where the great late Darren Pitcher scored that absolute cracker of a volley, and along with mm-hmm. along with all the others, um, all the but, other worldies, all the other worldies. But um, we can't can't seem to seem to steer clear of Watford, can we? Um, and one thing that Watford fans have been jumping all over is the fact that VAR will be in the game. Now, um, of course, if VAR was in the game in our last two visits to Vicarage Road, uh, we would have had two penalties. Wilfred Zaha would have had two of these yellow cards for diving rescinded. Um, so, Albert, you, you're going to have a word with your son and tell his boys to pipe down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we can't steer clear of Watford. I definitely can't because I live there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a tricky game. You know, they're a they're the second highest. Oh, sorry, third highest ranked team in the in the you know still in the tournament. Second, no, third. Um, you know they're in a, they're in a good run of form, and yeah, we haven't had much joy against them this season. But hopefully, third time's a charm. Mm. But Hesketh, don't we always seem to beat Watford when it matters? A bit like Brighton. Ooh, up until this point, I mean, it, listen. If we were playing them, at, if we if we were playing them at Wembley, I'd be all over it. We'd batter them because I hate playing Palace at Wembley. Um. I don't know, it's, a, oh, it's an annoying, it's a tough game. Um, and, you know, there are some people who say, well, we've lost both the league games, so we'll win this one. Obviously, I, I'm not one of those. I think we've lost twice, so they're better than us at the moment, so we'll lose this one. It's very difficult to lose to the same team three times in a season. Um, although saying that, I do think we did it to Manchester United when um, we lost them in the FA Cup final that year. So well, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's quite rare that you play at the same team three times in a season. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if you think about because we played a lot of Premier League teams in the last FA Cup run, didn't we? So um, uh, bit, I think we beat Stoke three times that season. That was, um, yeah, it's very difficult to do. But um, especially if you lose the first two, so then lose the third one, you've got to think that we would have learned by our mistakes in the first couple of games. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on. Uh, what I want to know, what I want to know is who are Man City paying off for their their, <laughs> their cup their cup runs? Yeah. FA Cup, Rotherham, Burnley, Newport, and now they got Swansea League Cup, Oxford, Fulham, Leicester, and Burton. Yeah, like they don't need they don't need any any easy fixtures. They're quite a good team. Yeah, it will be the fakest quadruple ever if they do it, because that that that's not a cut run. That shouldn't be allowed. 
That's an asterisk already. That's it. Yeah, exactly. N- negated if they win anything. First team to make it to an FA Cup final playing only lower league opposition. I'm sure that hasn't happened before. Bit disrespectful to Burnley and Leicester there. Oh, but, <laughs> but that's okay. They're, they're just so <laughs> non-Premier League sounding in my mind. Sorry, I, I completely missed One of that. them a former Premier League champion, <laughs> I'll add. I don't know. I, literally, I've been in... Um, in a course all day learning how to code. So my brain is scrambled at the moment. So there you go. Um, maybe I should just give up now. But of course, what um, the FA Cup draw also bought is that um, Brighton and Millwall would be in the semi-finals. One of those two. Um, anyone got any objections to um, a lot of pigeons flying over the stadium on that day? Oh, it's just such a depressing thought. It's such a depressing thought. One of them is going to be in the semi-final of the FA Cup. Mm. I hope oh, it's Millwall. I, I hope it's Millwall. I hope it's Millwall as well because they ain't winning it. But yeah, Bright, yeah Brighton... but Millwall have kind of got that far in my lifetime. So it's not whilst it's whilst it's obviously a, a huge not fluke they've got there because they've won all their games. Whilst it's you know whilst it's a bit of an anomaly, I've you know I've, I've seen them in a final, so I'm kind of all right with seeing them in a semi final again. Mm. Brighton, however. Get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Someone else who can get fucked is this guy from um, some sort of racing TV show. There was no Premier Football, Premiership Football. So you've got a football crowd element. Where am I going to go on a Saturday? And let's be blatant, those fixture lists are out there. So we know when those things are going to happen. But that's the only time we've we've seen those problems over the last two years... There'd been no football that day. Ask if I know this really got your goat. Yeah, it did. It's it really did. Um, I thought it was a horse I, racing guy. Hey, really got my horse. Um, oh, I just it, it's uh, you know this whole like let's just say everything that goes wrong in sport. Oh, there was no football line. It must have been football fan. You know this doesn't happen at racing because we're all so lovely and we go there just have a nice drink our pim. It's like sanctimonious shit and it fucking winds me up. Sorry to swear, Billiam, you're going to be earning your money this week, mate. Um, it's just you know look yes there are twats that you know go football but if Albert for example went to watch the horse racing Oi. he wouldn't be running around would he throwing in his champagne flute at people's heads <laughs> would you Albert depends, you wouldn't surely depends how many glasses I'd have <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's um, gobby little Watford fan son might be <laughs> He's not a Watford fan. That was that was one mistake. <laughs> is, he a, re- is he a floating ultra? He, he's going to redeem himself. <laughs> he's going to redeem ultra. himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm with you, Hesky. If that's, you know, uh, that narrative needs to stop about football, you know, there's a lot. It's, it's not the 80s and then anymore and you barely ever see that in football you know unless there's you know a really long-standing rivalry or something like the Millwall Everton big fights kicking off the other week you know that comes from something a long time ago which is you know there's a lot of anger still harboured but me I, I, I dread to say it but probably understandably so you know when you look back and it's several Millwall fans got stabbed in one sitting inside a stadium I mean you can understand why there might be something hanging over from that still today, but um, you know that's from this that racing pundit is um, well. The fact that the video was deleted very very quickly thinks uh, it tells you all you need to know about that. And um, talking of wankers, um, 
Albert. Yeah. Your masturbating footballer from last week, John Fashionu having a Bashanu. What about him? Well, it just it just got me thinking to see if I could think of any. Um and I I've done some studying through the week. So this is actually me studying <laughs> to actually see if I can come up with any. So that coding course was intense, was it? It was intense. So I'm gonna go with Damien Duff up the muff. Yeah. Richard Dunn up the bum. Wow. All right then, Nicky up the butt. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've gone goalkeeper specials. I mean, David, David Seaman writes itself. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got Vito Manoni feeding the pony. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, um, we're going to finish that there, and when we come back, we'll be talking about our trip to Leicester. <laughs> Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Wambasaka. Back to Townsend once again now. Milojevic might open up for a shot here for the captain. Oh, it certainly did. It's a special, special goal to break the deadlock. Giselle. And Dianacho. Nicely done by Inacho. Guaita saves. And it comes off the post and back into the keeper's arms. And he goes and gives a little grateful tap to that post as well, Guaita. It's a really good stop. <laughs> yes, yeah, so commentary there from our game against Leicester earlier in the season when Luka Milivojevic scored a cracker from the edge of the box and the victory was sealed with Vicente Guaita's amazing save from Jamie Vardy. Um I must say, I don't think I'm ever going to get over <laughs> Manonu fielding the pony. Uh, oh, thanks, Albert. You've you've set me right off there. <laughs> um, right, this you're welcome. <laughs> oh, Jeff Schlupp, Hesketh. Oh, I thought you were going to do one about Jeff Schlupp. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Schlupp, two girls, one cup. Yeah, I was filling filling the cup. I was going to go for, but. Hesketh, Jeff Schlupp, after you really laid into it no. prior to the Fulham home game, what, what's happened? It's doing it to spite me. It's the only thing I can think of. I've not seen anything of Jeffrey Schlupp in the year and a half or whatever that we've had him that has indicated he's capable of doing anything in a football match. As soon as I'm vocal about it on this podcast, he goes on a, a run where he, A, deserves to be in the team, B, starts scoring goals after I said that he could never score a goal, takes players on, runs forward with a ball. He's doing it to wind me up and it's working. Jeffrey, if you're listening, pack it in. <laughs> um, you know, I, I can't. I, I genuinely can't believe it. To be honest, that um, he's a former striker, turned winger, turned left back, who's actually now discovered that his best position is actually centre mid. Um, Albert, do you think he's he's basically bridged that gap that we lost with Ruben Loftus Cheek in being that sort of driving force from the middle to the front line? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's one way of putting it. Yeah, not as not as elegant, I'd say, but the, you know the <laughs> efforts there, and you know he's a he's a speedy player, and he's he's scoring goals. You can't you can't knock him. You can't knock him. You can't. And um, after, well, not so much you, but certainly me and Heskiff knocking him so much that um, yeah, I feel like. I have to stand back and say, well, you know what? F- fair play. Um, Roy must have listened to this podcast and realised that he needed to get him out of the left back and left wing position. So um, <laughs> uh, we can take some credit. But... <laughs> 
Roy, if you've got any masturbating footballer puns, do let us know. <laughs> uh, Roy Hodgson getting his podge on. That's bad, isn't yeah. it? Oh, Jesus. This is going downhill fast. <laughs> Scott Dan um, is someone who's certainly come back from injury with um, a decent vein of form in the FA Cup games for sure. Um, Heskip, do you think he's pushing for a starting place in the in the first team? Um, well, if everyone's fit, probably not, I would say, just because um, Sacco and Tompkins are such a good partnership and I think Roy really trusts them as his first choice. Uh, but I think Dan's been been very good in the cup games that he's played um, in the way that, you know, Martin Kelly has when he's played. I was a bit shocked, in fact, when, when Kelly was picked over Dan for the game against West Ham because I thought Dan was probably ahead of him in the pecking order in, in Roy's mind. Um, but it's nice to have... It's nice to have four centre-backs that can all come in and do really well. You know, they've come in all way against Doncaster and got a clean sheet, mm. which is no mean feat with the bloke behind him in goal. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Tonks and Sacco are, are sort of easily first choice just because of how good they are, how consistent. But if injuries do continue to happen, which they inevitably will, then it's great to see that Dan and Kelly both are in good form if we if we draft them in. Mm, I'm trying I'm trying to think other than Mark Noble's penalty, have we actually conceded a goal this season with Kelly and the team? I'm, I'm struggling to think of one because I'm pretty sure we've we've draw um we've kept a clean sheet in all the three FA Cup games. Um hmm. one for the listeners or for just me to research after I guess. But yeah I think Scott Dan uh Kelly starting over him in that West Ham game was probably down to just a little bit of fitness. Um Kelly's you know, uh, been up and running all season, so it's probably just didn't want to want to risk him. But uh, Albert thinking outside the box, a way to free up um, Van Arnholt and Juan Basaka from um, defensive responsibilities. Perhaps to play Dan in a three with Tompkins and Sacco. Oh, I don't know about that. I think I think of a I think of a back three, and it just reminds me of the uh, Frank de Bur- the Frank de Burkle, Frank de Burkle. Uh, and it makes my spine go cold. Um, so no, not for me. I'd, ra- I'd, I'd rather have option, you know, like Sam said, good options on the bench or if there's an injury, you know, having, having four centre-halves um, all pushing each other for, for a starting place. And yeah, to, you know, Tompkins and Sacco are, are by head and shoulders the first choice. But that, that's not that's not because Dan and Kelly are, are poor. It's just that they are they are head and shoulders above the rest as a, as a duo. And it's, you know, it's just nice to know that that's an area of the field that we don't have to worry about. Should there be any sort of niggles or someone needs a rest, it's it's really positive. Mm, certainly. Um, I think we've done Max Meyer to death. Uh, I think he had another very good performance against Doncaster and uh, should he be in the team over MacArthur? I think we've done all that. So we'll, we'll gloss over that one. But um, fantastic goal um, from him. A very, very good team goal there against Doncaster. Uh, so we'll move up front. Uh, Batshuayi, uh, started the game against Doncaster. How do you think he did, Heskiff? Pretty anonymous, really, wasn't he? Um, I mean, we didn't. I think we, we we weren't really going for it. We were in, you know, we score after ten minutes or whatever. We, we're in cruise control, pretty much. Even even me, miserable me, once we scored, so I thought, well, you know, we've 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 won. We're we're fine, and so we didn't really have to keep pushing. We weren't like banging the doors down, attacking wise, and 
smashing the ball into the box for him, which I think is probably where he's going to excel. Um, so it was pretty, I mean, I thought he was pretty anonymous. Like I said, he didn't really do anything. And at times when we're punting the ball up the pitch, he's he, he's not winning any headers. I mean, it's not his game. Um, so I wasn't too surprised when he came off for Benteke. Um, but I don't think, I mean, it's his first start and he's sort of not played first team football for a little while now. Um, so maybe he's just easing himself in. Um, but I mean, we've seen flashes of what he's capable of in, in the league game. So I think, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty more to come. Mm. Yeah, Albert, did you, you, can you put down his, because he got through one-on-one and it looked like he was going to get a shot off and then his final well, penultimate touch before his shot was a bit heavy. Do you think you can put that down to rustiness or or do you think he should be doing better there? Well, I think long-term, yeah, he does need to do better there. But yeah, rustiness played a part. You know, he's only it's his first start for the team. Uh, he, I think he did well to sort of spring the offside trap and get on the end of it. And yeah, a slightly heavy touch, I think, and if anything, a bit less than that. And he, and he gets a shot on target. Uh, so that was quite unfortunate. But um, I, well, yeah, whilst he didn't have a, an amazing game, I, I don't think he was, you know, I don't think he was, um, wasn't crap or anything. And you'd like to think that after a couple more weeks in the team and a bit more sharpness, those those chances, those one-on-ones would, would result in a better, you know, a better opportunity for him. Yeah, it's such a rare viewing of seeing a striker like that get through one-on-one. I can't remember the last time it happened for Palace. So, um, <laughs> uh, first game of the season against Fulham. Yeah, but he's but that, yeah, I mean, still just see him as a winger, right? So yeah, it's true. Like seeing seeing a number number nine, as it were, cutting through there. But yeah, it was twenty three. Is he twenty twenty three? Oh, yeah, twenty three. Yeah, you know. I'm talking more traditional. So as I said at the top of the show, we're looking for a fourth win in a row against Leicester, a second league double in a row after the 5-0-3-0 last season and the 1-0 this season. God, I'm not even conceding goals against them, are we? Um, let's get some predictions. Heskiff, last week, you nearly nailed it, sir. You said you said it was going to be 2-0, but then didn't have any trust in Hennessy. And you also said that, Ma- you also mm-hmm. said that Meyer was going to score, but you went 2-1 in the end. Yes, I'm so close. I've I've almost been a billionaire like ten times in the lottery, but I just change it just at the last minute and get it wrong. <laughs> and um, Albert, your thumping five nil was it? Wasn't um, didn't quite come to fruition. No, but like I say, didn't count. Didn't it? There was no points at stake. I was just playing playing the game. Indeed, and um, of course, me saying one nil to Palace with a scrappy late goal after being under the cost for forty five minutes. Once again, proving that I know sweet FA about football. <laughs> um, right, we haven't asked any of the listeners this week because of the early recording of the show. Um, so we'll go straight in with our predictions. What What are you going for, Heskiff? I mean, this this is getting important now. Let's just put this out. So Ed uh, Kellaway is on 25 points in the Prediction League. Um, Sam Heskiff is on 20 and Albert is on 16 so it's it's very close so this is important well what I'm going to do is you know I'm, I'm going to stick with what's got me this far um, I'm going to I'm going to play it safe uh, I predict we're going to lose <laughs> um, I was just I was having a look at, at Leicester because in my head they're either pretty good or pretty crap a bit like West Ham really but their their results of late haven't been good um, that being said, they've played some tough games. They've played Liverpool, uh, Man U, and Tottenham in their last three games, and and they've but they got a draw at Liverpool, but they lost the last two. 
So I think it's going to be tough away against them. I think they're probably going to be, be decent. I reckon it'll be a close game, but I think we'll lose 2-1. Well, you are on a season best run streak of four results in a row, correct? Not the actual scores, but um, so hopefully... I would obviously, I would obviously love to be wrong, but... Yeah, I'll go 2-1 less. And Albert, you're on the back of um, two successful tries. Um, one point for the Fulham result and three for the West Ham. So what are you going for? I'm going to go for 2-1 uh, Palace. 2-1 Palace. And They've that... got a, they're not got, not in the greatest vein of form. You know, a good, a good point at Liverpool, like you say, but, you know, lost to Wolves, lost at home to Southampton, lost at home to Cardiff. You know, they're not in um, any great shakes. So we're better away from home. They're quite bad at home. So, yeah, I think I I fancy us to nick it 2-1. Yeah, that's also what I've gone for. I've gone for a 2-1 Palace win. Um, You know, in fact, because you've gone 2-1, I'm going to change it to 2-0. I have faith in our defence. We'll keep a clean sheet. Why why can't we keep them out for a fourth game in a row? Uh, Right, so we'll finish that there. And when we come back, I will be talking to the infamous Doc Brown, Ben Bailey-Smith, who um, is here to talk about his new kid's book, Bear Moves. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast www.backofthenest.com You can hear the red and blue roar when we play From the homes they'll roll up to when we wait Fair play for your fans but they just ain't us We got one big hand on the FA Cup Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are now joined by someone you know in many different guises. He is Dion in Derek, Tyrone in Hunted, Joe Hawkins in Law and Order, Dom Johnson in Life on the Road, Durka Cicero in Doctor Who, and of course, the drug dealer in Inbetweeners. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Ben Bailey-Smith, a.k.a. Doc Brown. Nice. That's a, that's a great intro, Dirkus is the only certified non-black name on that list. <laughs> yeah, Tyro- Tyrone and Dion. <laughs> I've met Darkus, but not Dirkus. Uh, uh. Nice stuff. So, um, just beat Doncaster on the weekend and drawn Watford yeah. away. How are you feeling about the FA Cup? I'm feeling good, you know. The Doncaster win was so solid. I like It was never in doubt. Uh, which is weird uh, from a Palace perspective. I, I thought we were really professional 
and feels like Roy's taking it a bit more serious now. I mean, it's hard to say how serious, but it's pretty serious now. You look at that eight, those eight teams left, and uh, listen, we're in the mix, man. We're in the mix. We it's all about the draw. Yeah, man, we certainly are. I mean... You know, Watford away is not the best draw out of it, but it's also, it could have been a lot worse if we got Man City or whatever. So I'll, I'll take it, man. And we've ruined, we've ruined Watford's day many times in the past. There's many happy memories I've got of, of ruining their day. So I'm sure we can do it again. Yeah, so, and obviously the question on everyone's lips is going to be, will, will we get a glad all over again squared? <laughs> you know what? It hasn't actually crossed my mind, and, and that's probably for the best. I don't think it should uh, even come into contention until we win a, a semi-final, which is what happened last time. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't want to jinx it last time. I, when we won that semi-final, I was straight away, I was gassed, but I still wasn't thinking seriously about doing it. But then it was a, pro- a producer a hip-hop producer who was a Palace fan who contacted me and he was like, you know, we got to do this. And I was like, yeah, actually, we, we, we really do have to do this. So if, if, if we win that semi, I'll, I'll have a think. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Right, I'm just, um, I'm backstage at, uh, at a gig. There's quite a lot of toing and throwing going on here. But, uh, <laughs> I'm fully focused. I'm fully focused. It's it. the, the, life of, the life of a rock star. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've been backstage there. It's usually just cans of Cronenberg, isn't it? Yeah, well, this is slightly different because I'm actually with with a rock band. I'm a feature on a song uh, of uh, uh, a singer-songwriter called Andy Burroughs. He used to be in uh, Razorlights. He's on tour at the moment and uh, a feature on a song. So it is actually uh, it is quite rock and roll. Nice. At least tonight, one night only for me. <laughs> very nice. I saw I saw Razor Light live back in the day. So very nice. Nice. Um, so uh, Palace have obviously had one fantastic result this season already. The three two win at the Etihad. Uh, how yeah. how did that one go for you? <laughs> it was bit, it was bittersweet. It was bittersweet. I'm not going to lie because. Um, well, earlier on in the uh, in the season, I'd been invited by uh, uh, Sheikh Mansour's people to uh, come up to the Etihad and as a guest of of the club and do some uh, like I was supposed to do like a live Q and A in the fan zone up there and uh, you know have a nice meal and watch the game. And I looked at it and I just thought, like, I, I don't, I try my best not to work on weekends so I could be with the kids and whatnot. I looked at it, I just thought, the form we're in and the form they're in, like, really, I'm going to go up there, we're going to get tonk 5 0, and I've got to, like, be Mr. Saturday Night at the Etihad for a bunch <laughs> of City fans. I was like, you know what, just tell them, uh, like, thanks, really appreciate it, but no thanks. <laughs> and of course. Of course, Oslo kicks in and, and we play absolutely out of our skins. Mm. Where, does that, do, where, where does that Townsend strike rate in your favourite Palace goals of all time? It's right up there. I'd say it's in the top three. I'd say it's in there with Ambrose's against United and Ian Wright's um, where, where he comes on as a sub in, in 1990. Mm. Those are the three goals I, I, I've seen. on. Uh, actually, Ambrose, I was there. Uh, up in the East Bank at Old Trafford but right I saw on, on telly live and, and, and Andros I saw on telly and I'd say easy those three are the best that I've seen in the moment for Palace the emotions the hard to describe for all of them probably right was the most emotion but 
Andros might be the best goal. I mean, it's an absolute firebolt. It's amazing. Yeah, if he doesn't win Premier League goal of the season this year, something's gone horribly wrong. Which would be a nice turnaround for us because so often the goal of the season is against us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's exactly that. Kasami. Yeah, nice. So yeah. what was? How do you think the rest of the season is going to go? You think uh, Roy is going to keep us up and potentially it's, get us to the final again? It's really, it's a really weird season, isn't it? Because after after the top six, the drop off is just disgusting. There's so <laughs> many terrible teams in this Premier League right now. You know, Everton uh, 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 for so long have been the best of the rest, and they're even they're awful this season. So. Um, it's really, really odd. Huddersfield and uh, Fulham are starting to drift away, which leaves one position. Which uh, you know, whenever I'm not looking at the table, I think, yeah, fine, mate. We're not gonna. There's only one spot left to take. But when you look at the table, and you look at the numbers. We're still in this dogfight, like brutally in it. Mm. So there's no guaranteed safety for a while. That said, I think I think we'll be fine, man. I think either Batshuayi or Fenteke or both are going to start clicking soon and, and, and we'll be absolutely fine. So for once, I'm not too worried about that. But it's quite interesting, the parallels of 2016, us being down there in the dogfight and doing really well in the cup um, and knocking out spurs. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely some parallels there and I've got this weird fever dream of the semi-finals being two derbies, you know, Manchester mm. derby and a South East London derby. I just, there's something about it. it just feels written in the stars. Yeah. How, do you, how do you think the police will do with those two games on the same weekend? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a miserable one for the boys in blue. There's no question about that. Right. So let's, let's move this on to, um, you released a book called Iron Bear. Was That was last year, wasn't it? Year before last, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was um, Albert, who's on on our show all the time, uh, loves it, reads it to his kids still. Oh, and, bless. Um, and now you've you've written a sequel. Yeah, the sequel uh, just came out in hardback uh, last week. It'll be out in paperback next year. But to celebrate the release of the hardback, we, we've booked in a whole bunch of uh, kids' events um, over the next few months. Um, we're going to be at the Discover Kids Festival in uh, in the South Bank next month, which will be really cool. But we're going all over the country. Uh, so we uh, you know, all of that stuff I'll, I'll stick on the website uh people can check it out where, where we're in a town near them but um, this second book is a it's a lot of fun and we created an interactive show around it because it's basically about dancing so i get to basically do a lot of stupid dance moves that i've, I've written into the story and, and get kids involved um I'm, I'm really proud of it man i'm really proud of it and uh yeah looking forward basically to a a, a few months of parties around this uh, this book yeah, we'll actually having a, a, an adult party for it tomorrow, which I'm very much looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will be in attendance at that tomorrow. Excellent. So Excellent. Looking, looking forward <laughs> to that. And um, so for the listeners, what's the website called where they can get these tickets? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you can check out my website, .brown.co.uk, but probably because I'm so rubbish at updating it, it's probably best to go to Walker Books. So walker.co.uk, the publisher's have all the information uh, they need to bring your kids along. We're going to be in uh, 
in Bradford. I think we're going to be in Newham in a couple of weeks. We're going to be at Cheltenham Children's Book Festival, the London Book Festival at South Bank. There's a whole bunch. Um, but yeah, we'll be traveling around. So there'll be an opportunity for everybody uh, to, to bring their kids uh, see the book uh, performed in 3D by me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and come and say hello. Right, top stuff. Well, Doc, thank you so much for joining us, pal. Pleasure. Look, look forward to seeing you tomorrow and um, seeing the book in person. Yeah, man. Who have we got this weekend? Uh, we're, we're away at Leicester this weekend. Looking for, uh, yeah. looking for a fourth win in a row, mate. That would be lovely. We, they always seem to lie down for us these days, so <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll tickle Jamie Vardy's belly while we're at it. <laughs> okay, mate. Speak Cheers, to you soon. Shut up. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast www.backofthenest.com Right, that's your lot for this week. Um, Albert, I hope you feel better, good sir. Thanks, mate. Yes, and um, Hesketh, uh, you you be kind to those students at the university. Always, I love them more than anything. And um, you're travelling up to Leicester on the weekend? Most certainly am. We are going to be there all day because we bought our tickets before they changed the time. So we're getting there at like midday now. Yeah, you're certainly not the only Palace fans that are floating on that ship, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find something to do up there. I don't know. Non-league game maybe? I don't know. Have a look around, see what's happening. <laughs> um, it's actually my first miss of the season. I will be um, heading to Amsterdam on Friday morning and coming back on Monday. So nice, 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 quiet weekend over with the canals and stuff like that. You know, mm. yes. And if anyone else is going to see Armin van Buren in Utrecht on Saturday night, let me know. <laughs> Armin van Buren, I love, I love him. Him, <laughs> yes, him. <laughs> And uh, so we'll be back next week, uh, back to, I think we're back on a Thursday night, back to our normal slot, um, reviewing the May United game and then previewing um, the following game, which, of you know, why would I know who it's against? It's Burnley. It's Burnley, there you go. Lower so league opposition. Lower league <laughs> opposition. Conference heavyweight Burnley. Right, go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and until next week, up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.